In this episode with Josh, we talk about reverse dieting. What is a reverse diet? Who should be doing a reverse diet? And how do you implement it? This is a follow-up into our recent discussion on metabolic adaptation. One of the best ways that you can combat metabolic adaptation or recover from metabolic adaptation is by implementing the strategy of the reverse diet. This is an extremely enlightening discussion, and I'm sure you're going to have some follow-up questions. So please Once again, feel free to reach out to both myself and Josh as we want to help you lead your healthiest and happiest life. Please enjoy this episode. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, everyone. Today, we are back with my fucker, my fucker, Josh. We had such a great response from um, the episode we did about how much cardio should you do? How does it play into your fat loss goals and metabolic adaptation? We wanted to get this one on the books right away. So what we're talking about today is reverse dieting. And my guess is the majority of people who will listen to this don't know what a reverse diet is. They have not heard of a, re- of a reverse diet, but the way I look at it, a reverse diet is part of fat loss. Um, so the way I, I like to look at it is you have your fat loss phase, you reverse diet out of it so that you're into maintenance, and then you can decide what you want to do from there. Do you want to stay in revert or stay in maintenance mode? Do you want to go into build phase, etc. cetera? Um, and so with that being said, Josh, in your words, how would you describe a reverse diet. So if I said to you, what? What's a reverse diet? What would you say? I would say that, especially for those who have listened to the last podcast and understand the process of metabolic adaptation, Mm -hmm. um, you now understand that as you continue to eat less, your metabolism will adapt to run slower because your body doesn't want to change. It doesn't care about your physique goals. It cares about survival. And so a reverse diet is the exact opposite of that. It's slowly increasing your calories in a way that allows your body to figure out what it wants to do with those extra resources and that extra energy so that your metabolism can slowly start running faster and faster and faster, improving quality of life, allowing you room to eat more calories, um, keeping you lean while eating more calories, restoring proper hormonal response, and just generally giving you a better quality of life and overall health. Yeah. So, I mean, you guys, I don't know if you understand how important everything Josh just said is. I'm going to start with the word slowly, because when I start to talk to people about this, um, they freak out. I have yet to explain this to someone who I want to implement it with. And they, they don't, they don't look at me like, well, I'm afraid I'm going to lose. I'm afraid I'm going to gain weight. But because of our body's ability to adapt, it's a great thing. Your body's going to adapt to those extra 40, 50 calories a week that you give it. So if you were to implement a reverse diet with someone, Josh, how, how, how would you do it? Like I typically do 10 grams of carbs, 2 grams of fat, 
every two weeks and then we see how go how it goes yeah and that's a really good like general rule of thumb mm -hmm. what i do because i have you know i have clients who are extremely lean mm -hmm. and who are on the elite spectrum and have you know very low levels of body fat um and then i have clients who are on the opposite side of that spectrum and have higher levels levels of body fat and so i take different approaches based on the individual because the more personalized we can get with the approach the better the results are going to be so depending on things like uh your lifestyle your current levels of body fat um and your current training and uh, a bunch of your biofeedback I will implement either a conservative, a moderate, or an aggressive um, reverse diet. And a conservative reverse diet would be much like you were saying, like very, very small increases in calories. Um, and this is usually for someone who like already has quite a bit of excess body fat. Um, maybe they're a lifestyle style client who has reached their weight loss goal and they just want to start eating a little bit more while maintaining as much of their physique as possible. Uh, maybe they haven't reached their weight loss goal and they still have excess body fat, but we can't drop calories any lower. So we have to reverse back out a little bit and then we can go back into a diet phase. Um, and then, you know, for the moderate and aggressive, uh, that would just be for someone who's a little bit leaner. Like, you know, right now I'm, I'm very lean. So as I go into a reverse diet, um, we are going to be a little bit more aggressive with the increase in calories and it's going to be less like the 50 calories you mentioned and more like the 100, 200 calories or more because I'm already at such low levels of body fat and I already have those negative hormonal adaptations that are occurring. And basically what we want to do is get me healthy as fast as possible. And um, that's an excellent point. That's, so in Josh's scenario, you would want to be more aggressive. I would also say if you have been dealing with some like disordered eating and you desperately need to put some weight on your body, that's when you would also do a more aggressive reverse. And I think so long as you're like aware of what's going to happen to my body, is it, because a lot of times it's going to be worth it. Like you're, you get scared, but you have to understand like this is what your body desperately desperately needs and i know you guys can't see josh right now but you know that saying like can't pinch an inch you literally cannot pinch an inch <laughs> of josh anywhere <laughs> he's running lean <laughs> so the nice thing about the reverse when you do go slowly is like you said you don't see you don't see the scale go up that much. And I'll tell you what I've experienced. And because of what we talked about last week, I've lost weight in the beginning phases of a reverse diet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Your, your metabolism can adapt so quickly and it can start running faster so quickly that it'll actually start running faster than the amount of food you're giving it. It's like anticipating that it's going to get more and more food and it starts ramping up really quickly. Mm -hmm. um, and so we're, what we can do is we can stay within some parameters. Like, like if you are eating more and you're continuing to lose weight, like you can be more aggressive. You can start eating even more. Mm -hmm. um, what I've been learning about and implementing recently is almost like a percentage-based model 
for my clients on reverse dieting because we really don't want to accrue much body. We want to limit the amount of body fat that we're accruing, of course. Um, and with a conservative approach, we will, we will really limit the amount of body fat that we're accruing. And some numbers that I've seen are like 0.2% of your total body weight per week. Mm-hmm. As long as like we're taking our morning fasted scales, scale weights every morning, and then taking the average of all those weights, if we see that we're within like 0.2% body weight increase every week, that's awesome. That is a great place to be. And that means that we can continue to increase calories. If we start going outside of that or with an aggressive approach, if we start going towards like one, one and a half percent body weight increase or even more, then maybe we slow down or we stay where we're at calorically for a little while. But yeah, it's really cool to see that when you start feeding your body, it anticipates what you're going to do and you're eating more and you're starting to weigh less and you're like, Oh, well, I can eat more of that. It's even yeah. less. great. But we always want to make sure that we're monitoring progress mm-hmm. so that we're not overdoing it because yeah. you can't get carried away with it. Then that's how you're going to accrue more body fat. Exactly. And I will tell you like from personal experience, there have been days or, or weeks where um, the scale has gone up. So we would, we would hold steady for those next two weeks, give the, the weight a chance to level out again, and then again start by adding more calories in. So what I, I hope people to realize is that you're very much in control in this process. Your body, your body will adapt the way that you want it to. And if you do see a week where the scale jumps up, it, it's okay. We'll just hold you steady there. We don't need to keep adding. That's why we need to have all these feedback or all of this feedback to make sure we can make the the right decision moving forward. Exactly. Um, Let's talk about why again. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say it's the same way how when we are in a caloric deficit, if we see the scale jump up a little bit because we know the scale fluctuates, if we see it jump up or maybe we overate a little bit one day, we don't overcorrect and undereat the next day in hopes of trying to get that to go down again. It's the same, but exactly the opposite, where if we are in a reverse diet and we either see the scale go up a little bit more than we want to, we don't remove calories. Right. We keep calories where they are and we give your metabolism the chance to adapt yes. and run faster. Yeah, thank you for pointing that out. Yes, because <laughs> people, I will have that happen. People will be like, the scale jumped up. Should we lower? No, we're in a reverse diet. We're absolutely yeah. not lowering your calories right now. No, that's, uh, that's counter, counterproductive. That's not what we, we want no. to run faster. So yeah, we just, chill, we just chill out. We hang out. We let it do what it's going to do. Right. is going to catch up. It's very smart. And, but we, we know how to manipulate it is the important part. Yes, exactly. Gonna, it's going to do what it's going to do. Your metabolism does exactly what it's supposed to. We are just kind of like encouraging it along. We're like tushy pushers on a train. <laughs> Uh, yeah. just, we know you're supposed to go there. Just come. We got you. We got you. <laughs> oh my gosh, Tushy Pushers. I love it. So let's talk about, because um, you briefly talked about this in the intro when you were explaining what is reverse diet, but let's talk about why we would reverse. Number one, you cannot be on a diet forever, people. You cannot be on a diet forever. For everything, go listen to our last episode, and that's exactly why you can't be on a diet forever. Um. It's that metabolic adaptation. But I want you to talk about hormone levels, Josh, because, you, you know, 
it's leptin, it's ghrelin. Do you want to dive more into that? Yeah, let's do that. Um, let's talk about that and let's, let's talk about how your hormones try to manipulate your brain in a way to <laughs> make you not change, right? So um, when you are in a diet, you will experience, especially if it's a severe caloric deficit, you will start to experience negative hormonal adaptations. We, we see things like testosterone decrease um, and some of your other sex hormones will also be manipulated. But the ones that you'll notice the most will be leptin and ghrelin. So leptin is your satiety hormone. That's the one that tells you that you're full. Um, and when you are in a deficit, it will decrease. So you will have less satiety and you basically your what it's trying to tell your body is you need more food because we're hungry and we don't want to change. The body doesn't want to change because the body doesn't care about your physicals. It cares about survival. And if your body thinks that it's not getting enough food, you are, it thinks you are putting it at risk to not be able to survive. So leptin will decrease and you will be less satiated and so you're going to want to eat more food at the same time ghrelin which is your hunger hormone will increase to tell you hey we're hungry we're not getting enough food we don't our body is trying to to lose weight it thinks you're trying to kill it basically (laughs) and so while you are becoming less satiated with the decreased leptin you're also becoming more hungry with the increased ghrelin when you're in a calorie deficit and so you're more hungry you're less satiated your body wants you to eat more food and we have to fight that and now when we're in a a a caloric deficit there are times that we incorporate things like refeeds and some some people might do cheat meals i like refeeds because they're more controlled um to help reset those hormones right? So we give you uh, a couple days of increased carbohydrate usually is where I like to bring them from to decrease ghrelin, make you feel less hungry, increase leptin, make you feel more satiated so that then we can go back into that caloric deficit and you're not struggling as much, right? right? Now the same thing happens in a reverse diet because your body doesn't want to change. So in a reverse diet, leptin, your satiety hormone will increase to tell you, hey, hey, we're good, we're satiated, we don't need any more food because we don't want to gain weight, we just, we're happy where we're at. And then ghrelin will decrease to tell you, no, we're not really that hungry because we don't want to gain weight and we don't want to change, body doesn't want to change. And so then we have the opposite problem that we normally have in a deficit, right. uh, but I find it's much easier to feel full than it is to feel hungry. <laughs> Uh, 100%. So in case you're having a hard time grasping this, you guys, (laughs) it's a double whammy. Like we talked about last week, it's a double whammy. You feel hungrier more and it takes more to get you full when you go on a diet. It's a double whammy. And so then if you're trying to add cardio onto that, it's just, that's why you can't be on a diet forever. You can't be on a diet forever. No, there will always be a point where your calories are so low Mm -hmm. and your cardio is so high that your net output is so, is so low in terms of the amount of energy that you have Mm -hmm. that 
it's impossible to continue. You need to reverse out of it, but you need to do slow, do so slowly in a way that limits the amount of accrued body fat while increasing calories. I think, in fact, I was reading something that Lane Norton, your, your nutrition coach, posted, and he, he talks about a reverse diet as uh, a dietary goal to increase calories and expenditure while limiting unnecessary fat gain. And that's exactly yep. what we're trying to do, is we're increasing calories, we're increasing caloric expenditure, but we are limiting unnecessary fat gain. Mm-hmm. We're restoring healthy hormonal levels, we're restoring a quality of life that you didn't have before, and we're getting you to a point where you are healthy enough, mm-hmm. where you can re-earn your fat loss phase. Yes, and let's talk about quality of life. A huge benefit to reverse diet are the psychological benefits. How hard is it to go out to dinner with your friends if you are limited to 1,400, 1,500 calories? You know you don't have a lot of wiggle room. You want to have one drink, that's all you can have. Like Psychologically, it's hard to diet. It's hard physiologically. It's hard psychologically for any extended period of time. So this gives you freedom, gives you freedom to do things that you like to do without worrying about sticking with a limited number of macronutrients. Exactly. And, and if that means that it takes a little bit longer to achieve your goal, but it's a more sustainable process, okay. then by all means, if you're not a competitor, then this should be the way to do it, right? This is what kills me, Josh. I don't work with competitors. And I can't, I can, I can get them to buy in, but, um, it's been, it's been hard in the past. I've been much better. Now I plant the seed much earlier, but if you're not a competitor, what, what are you doing? Like, who cares? Yeah, here's my question. What's the rush? Right. Like if, if most people, and I, I don't want to, I don't want to say everybody, but most people have accrued this num this level of body fat over years mm-hmm. and you want to undo that in a few months yeah i know that's that's not sustainable um and, or it's not going to be fun it's definitely not going to be the the easy way to do it but um you know it, teaching you how to implement tools like the reverse diet like refeeds having a coach who understands how to manipulate the metabolism and your output is one of the most valuable things that you can learn because then that sticks with you for life and you're not just crash dieting and turning into a yo-yo dieter, which then also has negative impacts because every time you do diet down that low and every time you do bring your calories that low, your body is going to want to protect it from doing that again. Yep. And so when you, when you bring your calories down that low over and over and over again without a proper reverse diet, you're training your body to say, hey, when we get these extra calories, we need to save them because we keep on going through this phase of not having enough food and your body thinks it's dying. And so it's going to store that as readily usable energy as, as fat. Yep. You're priming your body to store that fat. Mm-hmm. Instead of a proper reverse diet, it has your body primed to build muscle, yeah. which is expensive calorically. It costs a lot of energy. That's what we want to focus on building. Mm-hmm. I love it. And, you know, so um, I, I honestly don't work with a lot of people who are super overweight. The people who I have the hardest time buying into this, Josh, are my 
and I'm not just going to say it's ladies, it's both ladies and gentlemen who um, are just afraid. They're afraid of eating more. They think they have to eat 15 to 1600 calories to maintain their, their physique. And I mean, could I live off 1600 calories? I, I probably could. I could make that work. But when you start to understand that you actually need more calories to actually build muscle and that's going to give you the body that you want, um, there's just no turning back. Once you realize what those calories can do for you, it's a game changer. Of course. And not only the increased calories giving you the opportunity to build muscle, to build the body that you want, but to live the life you want, 1500 yeah. calories. How many of you have gone out on the weekend and had four drinks with your friends and you're getting the fancy margaritas? That's like 1200 calories. <laughs> yes. It's like there's no room. There's so much less room for error. Yes. That like you can go to the cheesecake factory and get a salad and be over 1500 calories. Right. Yeah. So why not give yourself more room for error more margin of error so that you can enjoy your life a little bit more and that when you're at the barbecue with your friends on the 4th of July, you don't have to ask them if the burgers they're cooking are 70% fat because you're going to go over your calories. So true. So I have a gal in uh, my VIP group now and I want to tell you her macros, Josh. You are going to be so impressed. She did the reverse. She did a great reverse Um, and she has total food freedom. There's literally nothing this girl cannot fit into her macros. She is now up to 300 grams of carbs, which is unreal. So if you're over there living off 125s of carb, 125 grams of carbs, let me tell you, there's a better life out there for you. So 134 protein, she's a little gal, 300 grams of carbs. Like I'm so proud of this and 81 grams of fat. That's amazing. That's like more carbs and fat than I'm eating right now. <laughs> and, and she has a six pack. That's amazing, right? She's so happy. She's so happy. Yeah, that's amazing. That's a, that's a very well executed reverse diet. Like you said, there's nothing she can't eat. And yeah, I, I'm joking. I'm joking about the, the fact that she's eating more, more carbs and fat than I am right now because I am at the lowest point of my uh, caloric intake and I'm the leanest I will be during this cut phase. Um, and I will reverse out, but man, what freedom as at 134 grams of protein. I know she's a small person, right? Be eating 300 grams of carbs and 81 grams of fat. I'm drooling. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you see what that does to you mentally. I talk a lot about having a, um, an abundance mentality around food because when you have a scarcity mentality, then you hoard it and you secret eat. And, you know, I like to think of it like it's like when you're a teenager and you're in high school and you just binge drink because you don't know the next time you're going to find alcohol. So you have to drink all of it right then and there. <laughs> Same applies to the Twizzlers. Like if you are around the Twizzlers, you can't control yourself because you're like, I don't want to make Twizzlers again. So I must eat all of them right now. That's the scarcity mentality. Abundance mentality, like, I can have two Twizzlers right now. I can have two more Twizzlers in an hour if I want. I don't know if I'm going to want that. It just totally changes the game. It really does. Yeah, the, the mental break from not having to be concerned with what you're eating, when you're eating it, where it's coming from, is the amount of stress that that takes off mm -hmm. your person. 
Yeah. And as we know, stress and cortisol is such an important part of weight loss and of healthy body composition and of, of building muscle and progress that, yeah, if we can limit stress in any aspect of your life, because your body doesn't know the difference between stress from working out versus stress from watching your diet versus stress from your relationship, it just knows stress is stress. If we can limit that in any way, you're going to be better off. So we give you that freedom to eat more food. You're going to be so much better off. So much. So much. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk about, yeah. <laughs> I want to talk about who should be doing reverse diets. Cause it's not just a one type of person, but before we transition off of leptin, ghrelin and well, those two things I was listening to. So you mentioned Lane Norton, his wife, Holly Baxter. I was listening to her talk. And after her last diet phase, her leptin was down. So her satiety hormone, y'all, was down to like 0.04. Literally could not get any lower. So you know, that means she was starving all the time, like hungry all the time. That's a hard life to live. And if you're not a competitor, why are you starving all the time? Yeah, what a terrible feeling. I, I don't know if there's anything. I mean, talk about hangry. Yeah. And I get hangry. Yeah, we're doing another episode of Josh gets hang- Josh is angry. <laughs> we, we better do it soon. <laughs> I know we better do it soon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get hangry. And, and that's a terrible feeling. Mm-hmm. And it's also, I, and I don't know if it's like this for everybody, but having that feeling of being really hungry and just waiting for your next meal, counting down when <laughs> your next meal can be is such a source of anxiety for me mm-hmm. and there's more stress and so if we can implement things like refeeds or if we just take a little bit more time because if you're not a competitor why not reverse out a little bit um just to control that then that's mm-hmm. a quality of life that's a, a less stressful situation for you and that's going to lead to better progress better body composition mm-hmm. and a happier person Right. I mean, two points on that. One, I have one client, Michelle, and when she first started working with me, she's like, I thought I was bitchy. Turns out I was just hungry. The minute she started eating, she was like happier. She was a better mom, wife, coworker, etc. And then what else about that? Oh, and also, you know when you binge. You're hungry. You're hungry. You're, you're like, you can't control yourself anymore. And if you get out of that feeling, you will, you will experience less binging episodes if that's something that you struggle with. Of course. Um, okay, let's talk about who should do this. Number one, if you reached your fat loss goal. Great. Gold star, you reached your fat loss goal. Let's reverse. Um, but who really reaches their fat loss goal that first time through? What if then what we've been talking about is you've been making progress towards your weight fat loss goal, but you've been in a deficit for quite a while and your quality of life is suffering um, and all of that. So you just need to restore those hormonal levels. Um, Let's see who else should do this. You've ended a fat loss phase. You may or may not have reached your goal, but now you're focusing on building muscle. Two different goals, right? You've got your fat loss goals and you've got your muscle building goals. Do you think you can do both of those at the same time, Josh? Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. For example, um, some clients that are already 
very healthy hormonally, very healthy caloric intake, um, and healthy levels of body fat, uh, a lot of times we can recomp mm-hmm. the body recomposition, right? Mm-hmm. We manipulate your caloric intake. We manipulate your macronutrient split. Um, and we can train really, really hard because you're already at a healthy caloric intake. We have really good energy expenditure. And so we can just train super hard. We can manage your calories and we will see body recomposition happen where uh, this is why photos are also important to take progress pictures because you can look completely different at the same weight mm-hmm. over the course of even eight weeks. Mm-hmm. And we see that also over the course of years, like, mm-hmm. you know, I look completely different right now than I did a year ago. And I'm actually five pounds lighter, I think, right now than I was a year ago. Maybe even more. But I look bigger. I have more muscle. So, like, the, like that's why the scale is not the only or the most important data point. And, yeah, we can build muscle and burn fat simultaneously sometimes. You have to be a good candidate. I believe I've been able to do that with you. Yeah. I've been able to do that. But also like I've been training for a long time, like strength training for a long time. Yes. And that makes you a better candidate for that is your training age. Because in order to really push your training, you have to have great movement patterns. You have to have good mechanics. You have to understand movement, intent, intensity, and because you are so highly advanced in all of those aspects of your training, we can push you to failure mm-hmm. safely. Yeah. Yeah. In, most, in almost any exercise um, without an increased risk of injury. And so we're able to fatigue a target muscle all the way until it can no longer contract against the load. Mm-hmm. And that is the intensity that's going to tr- trigger your body to say, we need to build or we need to grow. And then we can utilize that signal alongside a body fat reduction signal Mm -hmm. and have a little bit of a body recomp. We've definitely been able to do that. Yeah. It's so cool. Like I don't want to get too much into, into the science of it today, but when you guys start to understand how your body works or you work with someone that really gets it, gosh, it's so freaking cool. (laughs) It is fascinating. You can totally manipulate your body. Yes, it is fascinating. And, and because I'm such a nerd for it, <laughs> I'm such a nerd for it, um, it is so rewarding to be able to work with people who carry out protocol, who I know I can push, who I know are going to be consistent, because then I get to see those results in faster time, in real time, and I'm able to identify factors that were larger contributors to that progress that I can then use with my other clients. Right. But you're right. It's so fascinating. The science of it all is just absolutely amazing. I love it. You know, and if you're listening to this and you're like, okay, training age, I've been training for a while by myself. I feel like I'm doing pretty good. I'm seeing some changes, but I feel like with a coach, I could really get there. I'm telling you, you can you guys reach out to Josh. I mean, <laughs> I can't say enough great things. Like he just knows, 
he knows and he lives it and he breathes it and he walks the walk. And that's one of my big things. I want someone who does it, not just tells me about it. So that's a plug for Josh. <laughs> um, there is another population though that I was researching and maybe you don't have an immediate fat loss goals, any immediate fat loss goals, but you want to increase your metabolic capacity. You want to increase your metabolism. This is why you do that. You want to be able to eat more? Things anybody can do. Yeah. Like, like what, is, what is one thing that everybody starts to lose as we, as we age is your metabolism starts to run slower. This has been proven over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And when your metabolism runs slower, it becomes easier to accrue body fat. And that's why people, as we get older, we tend to accrue more body fat. Mm-hmm. So if you can manipulate that, if you can understand how that works and keep your metabolism running fast, late into your age, yeah. that is one of the most valuable tools you can have in your arsenal. Seriously. So ladies, you know, we start losing muscle mass, supposedly in our thirties, it does not have to be that way. You know, they say, oh, once you turn 40, the game changes your metabolism. It does not have to be that way. I mean, I'm living proof of that. So is my friend Margaret. My friend Margaret and I went for a hike. I went for my first hike ever on Wednesday of last week. <laughs> and she was like, yeah, last year I put on, Margaret is 40-something. She's a little bit older than me. She's like, last year I put on, you know, X amount of pounds of muscle. She's like, so clearly I'm defying age and gravity, right? It does not have to be that way. This is the one of the biggest anti-aging tools that we have, building muscle. Mm-hmm. Have to do it. Have to do it. You gotta do um, it. Muscle stays where, where it is. <laughs> Much better than fat does. You don't want to be saggy? <laughs> Gross. <laughs> uh, okay, what else? Who else? Do you have to strength train while you do reverse diets? Ideally, you might. Well, why wouldn't you? I don't know. If, if well, why wouldn't you strength train in general? Right. But, um, but when you are reverse dieting, especially if you're coming out of a low level body fat, um, or your calories are already very low in general, your body is so primed to build muscle. Mm-hmm. It's also primed to put on fat. So if you if you increase your calories too fast, you know, understand that your fat cells will expand and and, and we could have a negative side effect, but your body is primed to build muscle. It is, it's been in a deficit. It has basically been starving for nutrients. And now it's going to slowly get these nutrients and be able to allocate them to the proper resources and put this energy where it needs to go in a way that you are controlling. Mm-hmm. And so if you are giving your body extra energy, you are telling it, through your training, where that energy needs to go, you can train so hard and you can dictate how your body responds to the nutrients that you're giving. Mm-hmm. That's unreal. Yeah, but it's so real. You got more energy, you, right? You, you mm-hmm. want to use it. So build muscle. Absolutely. Gosh, it's so cool. Um, and that's what I want to talk about too. You know, competitors, you see it a lot. And if you don't know any competitors or you don't have any friends that ever competed, one of the big things that happens is that someone will compete and then boom, next month, they're 20 pounds heavier. It's not unlikely. And it's because they don't go through this process. 
you may not be a competitor, but if you go on a crash diet and then all of a sudden you start to eat like normal, you're going to put weight on. Mm -hmm. You have to, this is part of the fat loss process. Like to me, it does not end at the fat loss. You, you must reverse up to maintenance. Yep. And usually that takes just about as long as the diet itself. Huh. Yes. And for those of you listening, I will tell you, my first reverse diet was over a year. It was literally over a year. Yeah. Um, but I had, that's what I had done to my metabolism. So if you do the damage, you do the crime, you do the time. you got to fix your metabolism. <laughs> like, you got yourself into this situation. You have to get yourself out of it. And I take that like so seriously and don't work with a coach. If, if your coach isn't talking about this or your nutrition person, red flag, you need to talk to me or Josh. Yeah. Cause otherwise they're going to get you to that goal and then they're going to, they, it's just going to be over. Mm -hmm. But like you said, you do the crime and do the time. It took you, if it took you years to get to accrue this level of body fat and mm -hmm. to get this out of shape, don't think that you're just going to undo it in 30, 60 or 90 days and then go back to the way things were and it's going to go back to, and you're going to be fine and you're going to stay the way you are. You have to put in the effort on both ends of your dieting phase of your deficit. You have to put in a severe amount of effort to get you down to that low level of body fat or down to as low as your calories will allow. And then that same amount of effort. And sometimes it's even harder and more challenging to reverse back out of that. Mm -hmm. and not do it too quickly so that you maintain that low level of body fat and that you can continue to eat more food. Exactly. You gotta I'm, put pulling, it oh, I'm pulling up right now um, my spreadsheet from my reverse diet just so I can re remember. But this is why, like, no one told me. First off, don't compete, like, three years in a row <laughs> and not have guidance on what to do in between shows. No better, do better, right? No better, do better. Um, so that is what I had done. That's the, that is the state that I had got my metabolism into. And it's not that I was overweight or fat or anything. Nothing I would do would work. Like I could not get lean anymore. And I was feeling really frustrated. So that's why. If, you, if that sounds familiar, gosh, I've been dieting for three years and nothing is working anymore. That's a great sign that you need to do a reverse diet. As, as I say that out loud, Josh, is there any other, are there any other signs that you could think of that are indicators you should be doing a reverse diet? Um, I mean, in addition to having yo-yo dieted for so long or crash dieted for so long that mm -hmm. you are having a significant amount of trouble continuing to lose weight, mm -hmm. if you have been dieting and eating less and are not losing weight, that's a sign. Um, if you have been dieting so long that you just want to enjoy more food, if you're just tired of it, mm -hmm. instead of giving yourself that possibility of binging mm -hmm. or just ruining your diet, mm -hmm. um, reverse out of it. Yeah. Right. There's no reason to continue to push, 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 push against what the body wants. Mm -hmm. If your body is telling you that it is done in its fat loss phase, if your calories are already so low, if your negative hormonal adaptations have been kicking in and have been screaming at you that they need help, 
-hmm. reverse diet. Yes. So um, I just pulled up my dates, you guys. Listen to this. I started in April of 2017. I did not start a fat loss phase until I reversed until September of 2018. So April of 2017 to September of 2018. Wow. Going from 1300 calories to 2300 calories. Wow. That's great data. So for all of you who are asking how long do I do this for and how long is it going to take? It took you about a year and a half to add a thousand calories. Yeah. Right. I've ne I honestly, I've never looked back at that. Now let me, one caveat, there's an asterisk because I did do a mini cut in there. I did like a six week mini cut, maybe seven, uh, no, five or six because I led a, a retreat in February of 18. Okay. Still very conservative. Very and, conservative. But not abnormal. Mm -mm. It takes time. Mm -hmm. it does and, the, and, and taking it that slowly can often be the best course of action because it's going to limit that excess body fat accrual. Mm -hmm. It's going to give your metabolism as much time as it needs to adapt. And like you said, sometimes you will be losing weight while you're eating more and that's a great thing for people to see is that especially for your clients who are having trouble understanding how this all works once they start eating more and they start losing weight it really gets rid of a lot of that fear that they have of more food is going to make me fat right and i did lose weight as i mentioned previously i did lose weight in the beginning part of that um, i started out at 140 and then in september of 18 I weighed, let's see here, September of 18, <laughs> 142.6. Eating a thousand more calories. Yeah. And with significant more muscle mass on my body. Yep. More muscle, less fat. Um, but I will say that was very challenging for me. And every time I had to check in, I was like, can I start fat loss now? Can I start fat loss now? Are we done? Are we done? Because I was starting to, it's very mental. Then that's the last part I want to talk about is the reason I do recommend doing this with a coach is because you're going to stop. You're going to get uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. You're going to see that scale go up slowly, gradually, not a bunch, but you're going to want to stop and you're not ready to stop. Well, I think that's it with almost every aspect of health and fitness. We see ourselves through a filtered lens where we do not see, I mean, how many times do you send me your check-in photos and I'm like, great, we're looking leaner this week. And you're like, really where? Yeah. <laughs> you're like, cause so we see ourselves the way we see ourselves and that causes us to overthink, overreact, mm -hmm. uh, overanalyze. And we get this paralysis that is, and what, I, and what I am doing, is it working? Is it the right thing? And then we end up switching things up so much that we don't get to actually see the result from doing that one thing, from manipulating that one variable. And so that's why having a coach, even as coaches, we have coaches. Yeah. Because sure, we know what we're doing. Obviously what we know 
is working for our clients. And yet still it is so beneficial for us to have somebody's, somebody else's eyes on us and somebody else to have their finger on the pulse of our progress so that they can manage expectations, they can manage the protocol, they can give us the rules to follow, and that's how you're gonna get the best results because we're gonna just overanalyze and, and, and change things. It's so true. And I never thought about it like that. Like, you're right, in any aspect of training, I'm gonna stop before I'm done, or I'm gonna stop when I get uncomfortable if you're not there. I'm gonna stop a diet before I'm done if you're not there. I'm gonna stop a reverse before I'm done if you're not there. Like we just can't be trusted by ourselves. I don't care how, how much of a hard worker you are. This is mental. This has nothing to do with your work ethic or anything. Exactly. It's, it has nothing to do with your work ethic. It has nothing to do with your intelligence or your knowledge base. In fact, I almost think knowing more is harder. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like I know a lot about this stuff. And so now I have all this other information in my head that like, I, Oh, but maybe I could do this. Maybe I could do that. Okay. And then maybe, no, that one wasn't working. Dude, just follow the plan that your coach gives you. And oh my God, it is so much easier. <laughs> so no, this is not about your ability to carry out your plan. This is not about your intelligence, your education, your knowledge base, your uh, work ethic. This is about having someone who understands the formula, put a protocol in place for you to follow so that all you have to do is follow the protocol. Mm -hmm. It's all you have to do. No thinking. So much easier that way. Yeah, I know, right? So, and just to regroup you guys, I don't know if we said it. I typically keep protein consistent. If it was higher because they were in a fat loss phase, like let's say they were eating 150 grams, but they weigh 140. I would eventually like lower that to 140 protein and add their carbs and fats. Do you keep protein constant throughout the entire time and just add the calories from carbs and fats? I keep protein relatively constant. Um, yeah, if you're already if you're already in a deficit, then protein should be higher for a couple reasons. One, because it's muscle sparing. Two, because it has the highest thermic effect of food of all the macronutrients, meaning that it costs the most amount of energy to digest over fats and carbohydrates. So you're going to use more calories to digest your protein. So people, when you're eating your snacks or when you want snacks or you're hungry and you're in a diet, eat protein because it's an expensive one for your calories. Um, so yeah, we want to keep protein high until hunger levels subside because it also keeps you full. Uh, most of my increases in a reverse diet come from carbs and fats and those fats. Usually I keep people around 25 to 30%. You can go higher, but their fats are important because they have such an impact on your hormonal response. Yeah. Um, and so I usually keep clients around 25, closer to 30%. And then the rest of your calories will come from carbs. That's what we also really want to focus on increasing because carbs are your body's preferred energy source. Mm -hmm. And the more carbohydrates you have, the more energy you have, the more ATP or energy production you have for muscle, muscular contractions means you can push harder in the gym. You can build more muscle. We want to fuel your body for performance. And that's going to give you the body composition that you desire. Right. And I feel like our next episode needs to be on, um, and you've done a video on this. You've done a great IGTV on this about where are we burning our calories throughout the day, right? Mm -hmm. When we're sitting, our basal metabolic rate, thermic defective food, our workouts, like I think that's going to be important. It won't be very long, I don't feel, but 
people you know, need. That'll be pretty quick, but I think it's important for people to understand how little of your daily caloric expenditure comes from your workout. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you guys, without switching topics completely, that has been so great for me mentally accepting my rest days. Because uh, I'm one of those people that rest days are, were, cha- were challenging. But now I'm like, shit, I'm only, this workout only counts for 5% of the calories I'm burning. I'm better off really hitting my macros than burning 100 calories doing a workout. Doesn't yeah. matter. And also, I'm to a point where I'm, like, if you're training really hard, if you're training hard enough, oh, my God, I can't wait for my rest day. <laughs> no, that's 100%. Yes. Uh-huh. You need your rest days. Yep. I mean, I used to be the every day, like, every day in the gym guy, no days off. And once I got out of that phase of my training, I was like, especially when I started working with my coach, oh, my God, I can't wait for my rest days. I'm training so hard that I need them. Yes. I look forward to them, and they, it makes them so much more relaxing and useful, and I actually get to focus on my recovery. It's really nice. Well, I will say that. Like right now, Josh has me. I've got two rest days, Wednesdays and Saturdays. Today's rest day. And I have to tell you, um, when I was working with Sarah Hurley, she was my, my first coach that I learned a lot of this stuff with. I also had two rest days. I've had my best physiques with two rest days. And you're right. I live for Wednesdays and Saturdays. I don't have to work out. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. So again, it comes back to quality of life. Like it's cool to be lean, but not if you don't have a life. Exactly. And I think it's important for people to also understand that. Yeah. You want to earn your rest days and yes, they're important. Your body doesn't grow in the gym. In fact, you're breaking your body down in the gym. You're creating this crazy high stress response and you're damaging your body in the gym. It doesn't grow there. It grows when you rest. It grows at night when you're sleeping. It grows when cortisol is low. It grows when it has the chance to recover properly. And so if you're an everyday, always balls to the wall gym person or always doing these high intensity interval interval sessions and cortisol is always high, then you're not giving your body the chance to recover and rest. You're not going to be able to grow. You're always breaking down. Yeah. What happens? Break down, break down, break down. You got to give it a chance to build back up. Mm-hmm. You got to recover. You got to rest. Yeah. Oh man. Oh, I love talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> you always have really good content. I think, I think it's really helpful for people. Um, and Obviously, I well, I think we're fun to listen to. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> People seem to like listening to us. But I think we could do a good job of putting these things into easily understandable words so that people can be less scared of things like reverse dieting because it's so important. Yeah. And I mean, I know the fear is real. I, I honestly know when I tell you that you're going to be eating more, I know the response. I know it's a physical response. I know your brain is like, that goes against everything I've ever been taught. But this is, we didn't know. We didn't know. And that's why nobody can keep the weight off. And like Lane says this, America does not have a weight loss problem. We can lose the weight. We cannot keep it off. You guys, 90, what's the percentage? 95% of diets fail. It's astronomical. The people who are not failing are reverse dieting. That's a great point. 
That's a great point because it's not the weight loss that's the issue. No. It's not that the diet doesn't work. All diets work just by creating a caloric deficit. It's not that hard to create the caloric deficit. What is hard is understanding what to do after the caloric deficit. And that's something that we've never been able to teach people. And now we have this anecdotal evidence and we're starting to get research on how it works and why it works. This is going to be the game-changing formula for America, for the world, to not lose the weight, but to keep the weight off. Right. Understand so I how it works. Exactly. I just looked up the stat. It's 95% of diets fail. And you guys can look up, look up the biggest loser study. That was all, that's all you need to know. Um, and that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> but it's true because yeah, like you said, Josh, every diet works. A caloric deficit is going to work, but you have to have a strategy. It's not that simple. You could lose weight eating Twinkies if you wanted to, but if you don't know how to reverse diet out of it, then it's not going to work. Not going to work. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh, we could go on forever. This is a good one. This is a good one. Yeah. I'm sure there's going to be follow-ups, you guys. Sure there so will be. And uh, for people who are still having trouble understanding or or painting a picture of how the reverse diet works. Um, shameless plug, but I think this will be really helpful for people is on my Instagram this past week, I did a video on reverse dieting where I kind of just graphed out the increase in calories and then the increased metabolic adaptation mm -hmm. and how that leads to a fat loss phase in your diet. And so it's all graphed out. It will give you a visual representation of how the reverse diet works. And so if you'd like, I think it would be really helpful to check that out um and if it's helpful you know maybe you can share it with your your friends or yeah i'll and i'll put that in the show notes too i don't know if anybody ever looks at the anchored like the actual website but i'll link it there like the actual video but it's also at, at josh levine fitness on instagram yes it's really it's nice to see everything laid out and i think last week's episode and this week's episode like if if you are a what's the word if you use your brain at all, <laughs> you'll start to understand, okay, I have to do this. If you're a logical person, rational person. Yeah. Yeah. If you understand that those 95% of diets that have failed you mm -hmm. are a result of not the diet itself, but what happens after the diet, because that's where the failure occurs. Yeah. If that's ever been you, Mm -hmm. You need to understand how to do this. You need to have someone help you implement this. And, you know, just, again, it's not your fault. It's not your fault that you've gained the weight back. Your body has adapted and nobody told you about this. And now we are telling you. So you're welcome. Now do <laughs> <laughs> your body's just doing what it's supposed to do. Yeah. It's not wrong. It's not broken. It's yeah. doing exactly what it's supposed to do. Now we just understand why it does that, how it does that, and we can make it do what we want it to do mm -hmm. and, and, and limit the accrued fat that happens after a diet that it is supposed to do metabolically. We can manipulate that. So let's do that. Yeah. Totally empowered. I feel You're like I can take on the world now. <laughs> Oh my gosh, Josh. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I love coming on the podcast. Yeah. I love talking to your listeners. I love talking to you. And it's always so fun. And your listeners are, are lucky to have you. We got to cut through all this shit. 
You gotta tell people like it is. Yes. Let's talk about the how we burn calories next time. Let's do that. I think that's gonna be really important for people to understand. It's gonna. I think some people are gonna be like mind blown by that. Uh, honestly, it rocked my world three yeah. weeks ago. So especially the people who love cardio, who are like, oh, I got it, or or the people who think they have to burn off the food that they ate. This is that will be a mind blowing episode for them. Yeah, I'm so excited. <laughs> All right, Josh, well, enjoy the rest of your day. And we, I can't wait to track your progress as you start to reverse very soon. Yes. I'm very excited about that. So we'll keep everybody posting on how that's going and, and the amount of muscle that I'm able to build coming out of this, this diet phase uh, and the limited amount of fat that we're going to recruit because we're going to do it right because we know how it works. Right. Are you going to, are you going to take pictures? I always take pictures. With your shirt off? Every week. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> ladies, ladies, stay tuned. <laughs> no shirt, no pants, no problem. That's what I say. <laughs> oh, I love it. You are, you are God's gift. I tell you that. <laughs> oh my God, you so red, you guys. <laughs> well, thank you, Josh. I can't wait to talk to you soon. Sounds great. Thank you, Kylie. Right. Thank you. Bye. Wow. That was a lot of great information. Again, if you need to connect with myself or Josh, you can find me on Instagram at Kylie Fit Yoga. You can find Josh at Josh Levine Fitness. Enjoy the rest of your day.